bella figlia mia, domani il grande ciò <laughs> andrà tutto bene. Well, you, what you will hear a lot if you go alone or with a girlfriend uh, in, in Italy would be ciao bella. Yeah, hello beauty. Barman will say ciao bella. Somebody in the street uh, will, will try to approach you, some flirting and stuff, and so they will say ciao bella. Varev, kam inchpes italacinir nenasum ciao. Sashunchne, yesel kushanenem. Tukle sumek, welcome to Hayastan Shark. Ես պատրաստել եմ հայկական գաթա ու գնում եմ իտալական ընտանիքին հյուրջ։ We thought, okay, he's going to be Armenian then. How are you? Very well. We were... Please. Thank you so much. Oh, this is for you. Oh, it's sweet. I made it myself. That's uh, delicious. Have you tried gata? Yes, I think my wife loves it. Okay, then it's Please. good. Hello. Hello Hi. again. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Hi. Oh, wow. I love that. Thank okay. you. And your name is? Filippo. Filippo. Pleasure to meet you. So Filippo, you wanted to offer this? Okay, so Filippo made you a mandarin juice. Oh my god, I love it. It's gata. It's one of your favorites. Looks yummy. We already made the sauce because it needs uh, 24 hours to cook. So uh, what do we need for the sauce? So we used half kilo of uh, minced beef, half kilo of pork minced, one kilo of tomato paste, chopped carrots, chopped celery, chopped basil, chopped parsley, one onion and a little bit of garlic maybe. And you fry first uh, all the vegetables, then add the meat, very high flame, so you kind of sear it from the outside. When it's nicely seared from the outside, you put like one glass of red wine and make it evaporate. And when this is done, you put the tomato sauce, very low flame, and let it cook for as long as you want. 12 hours, 24 hours, and oil, of course, extra virgin olive oil to fry the vegetables and, uh, and the meat. say your apricots are the best in the world. Your apricots are just unbelievable. Actually we and got lucky. Tomatoes also, when it's tomatoes, the season, yeah. tomatoes are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Italians are very proud of their apricots and their tomatoes. Really? But I have to say that <laughs> Nothing compared to. <laughs> okay. Sorry, the one from your garden are good, but the Armenian one are better. So how many minutes do we need to, to have? 45? Mm-hmm. Well, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll give it to the... Uh, I like the pasta. So we should cover it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, otherwise uh, it dries too much. We can always check later mm-hmm. to see if it's over... It's too, too moist. Then we remove the cover. 45 minutes in total. Mm-hmm. Maybe 35-30 covered. And uh, also because otherwise the oven is going to be very dirty. Yeah. And uh, last 10 minutes, 10-15 minutes, you remove the aluminum foil uh, so that the, the top layers become crunchy. Okay, good. Anybody can open, open the oven for me? Mm-hmm. 
As you see, we have a professional pizza oven. We make a very good pizza. Oh, we should have done pizza maybe instead of lasagna. Yeah, but we didn't have the right flour, no? no? Yeah, we had it yesterday. We could have prepared and now and do it today. And yeah, have pizza for lunch. Easy, no? Yeah. Okay, this is soaking. Have you brought it uh, from Italy? Or yes. yes. Oh, okay. Why do you do this? It's too small, it's too small. I'm going to make a lot of work, because I have to do it every time. I we were born uh, in the same region, which is Puglia, uh, in the hill of the boot of Italy. Yeah, and I've been living there until I was 17. I would say that uh, the south of Italy 20, 30 years ago would look very similar to Armenia. Uh, she was a student of my mom, and that's how, and that's how we met, yes. She's clearly much, much, much younger than me. We have uh, seven years, six years difference. I was in university at that time, she was still in high school, and that's how we met. But both of us, we decided to, to go study in the north of Italy. I studied in Milan, in Bocconi, which is a private university, and Maria studied engineering in Trento, which is even northern, more northern part of Italy. And then after a few years, we started working in Italy, then uh, I started a company, then I sold it, and after that, we decided that it was time for us to go have some experience abroad. I could do an MBA. So I did my MBA in Shanghai, and I thought it was a good idea because I would be the first Italian to do an MBA in China. China at that time was booming, was really opening up, and the economy was growing fast. And you still, as a, foreign, as a foreigner, you would be admired, you, were, you would feel privileged, uh, that they would look up to you. So it's a nice feeling to be, to be the VIP is always a nice feeling. And uh, you would feel it in the streets, you would feel it, but you, of course you would feel it even more in the, in the clubs. So being as me, a student, and I had sold my company before, so I had some money in the pocket, uh, we could enjoy the, all the nightlife we, had, we couldn't enjoy when we were university students because at that time we, we don't come from rich families. So we, we didn't have uh, money for beers or clubs or, or disco. So finally, when we go to China, the, there is a clubbing uh, culture. There is a, a lot of foreigners are coming to, to, to Shanghai. So there is a very nice vibe. There is a energy in the air. There is adrenaline in the air. So we were clubbing quite a lot. So, how about your Armenian, Maria? What do you know in Armenian? Uh, <laughs> how long do you learn? <laughs> uh, it's been like a few months okay. only. So, I only know the numbers. I know how to say eyesore. Just, just that. Very difficult. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's a beautiful language, and I understand from people who know both Italian and Armenian that it's a very sophisticated language, uh, whereby you have a much richer vocabulary and a very scientific vocabulary to explain very precise concepts and very precise descriptions uh, with, you know, with, with their own words. So yeah. I think, and it's a beautiful. I mean, aesthetically, it's a beautiful alphabet. We've lived many years in East Asia, so this part of the region is totally new to me. And honestly, I was expecting to find more Russia, like Russian culture here, but it seems to me it's more like Middle Eastern, right? Middle Eastern and Europe. And Europe, Yeah, more than Russia, yeah. What we like of living abroad is that we learn how different people think and react to similar situations, so different cultures. We like the fact to live in countries that are developing and that are developing fast because the mood in the people is different. People are more optimistic, 
when economy is uh, like Europe or like Italy already stagnating for some time or even starting to flirt with the recession, people, the mood is gloomy and uh, people are not busy enough and then uh, populism start to arise. And this, this is what is happening now in, uh, in, uh, in Europe, in Italy. You start to say, think that uh, before life was good, now it's not good so much. And uh, you have to blame somebody, and you usually blame on the people that are different from you. Mm. You blame it on the, the black people, or the immigrants, or the gay, or the <laughs> Jews, or ignorance plus economy not, uh, not growing is a good bed for hate, racism. We try to stay, stay away from countries that are in that state, because we live only one life. We don't need to deal with the sad mood and <laughs> So I think okay now it's enough so we moved to Manila it was an interesting experience there too there was nice because we had a beautiful villa i mean dream like villa you know it was 3000 square meter villa with a private pool private disco private gym really fantastic i have my company okay. my company does trading of steel and, um, and, um, and heavy industry machinery from China. So that's what we do. We have an office in Shanghai, and we, I have a partner in Shanghai, and my job is to expand the business and to look for the next opportunity. Unfortunately, it's very difficult for a foreigner to acquire land and to build a project because uh, I'm scared a little bit of the economical, political, legal situation. I'm not knowledgeable enough of the people, of the culture and of the regulation to feel confident I will not run in big trouble. And uh, even more, my perspective here is four years. would be too risky. I've been flirting for nearly one year with the idea to open something in tourism here. But then I decided against it, to walk away from it. Together I've been talking with some investors, with some partners that could invest in my project. I was pitching the idea to some friends. But then we decided to, 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 to step back. I'm, I'm not ready to do it yet. But I feel there is a big gap in the, in the offer for tourism because for now it's uh, mostly aimed at uh, uh, medium medium class, middle class, middle, middle, low class. So it's cheap. Mostly it's, it's about being cheap and affordable. But if budget and money is not a problem, where would I go in, in Armenia? There is nothing like that. Okay. And there is no place that it's a destination by itself. For example, in the south of Italy, there are some resorts, which even you don't know what it is, you don't even know what is the region, you go there for the, because the resort is very famous. And then you find out that the location is beautiful, that the, that the situation is beautiful. But here there is nothing like that. Probably the most iconic one is the Tufenkian. What connection do you have with Impact Hub? I work there. Mm-hmm. I sit there. And it's done like that to stimulate, encourage uh, cross-exchange of ideas. It's very pleasant. People are very open and very welcoming, especially the managing team. They are very, very nice people. They are the best of the old crowds. Okay. The managing team is very special. Do you have Armenian friends, Mario? 
for sure. Some people in the village are Armenians, some friends that are in judiciary. So they come to your house, you go to Oh yeah, house. we do, we do, mostly they come to my house because we like to host. And uh, in summer, spring and summer, we do a party every month. So around 60 people come, foreigners, Armenian. So we do, usually we do it outside. The house is not big enough for 60 people to host. We put uh, disco lights outside, smoke machine, and, uh, and I make a, we make a team, like a cocktail, usually. And it's like, uh, this week is going, this month is going to be spring, uh, sorry, uh, spritz, uh, Aperol spritz. So we prepare a lot of bottles and uh, we drink together and everybody's happy. We start usually around 5.30, 6 on Friday, and we finish midnight, 1 o'clock at night. Usually 50, 60 people show up. The biggest danger in Armenia are the drivers, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Can you believe I never got a fine in all my life before coming to Armenia? <laughs> and here I think I got 20 or 30. Really, I, I consider myself as a very careful, conservative driver, but still I get fines. I don't know why. There is something I'm missing. Speed limits. But I was going super slow. I was going like the slowest around me. Why, why do I get a fine? I think traffic is mentality. The, there are a yeah. lot of new drivers. People that made some money recently, mm -hmm. or kids, I would say, like in their 20s that uh, bought their car, imported car, maybe broken down, cheap old mm. cars, Mercedes or BMW, and they want to show off how macho they are. It's a matter of respect, it's a matter of showing, okay, I want to show off I'm a real man. Wham, wham, look at me, look at me. Girls, look at me. I want to show off my uh, sparkling BMW. Yeah. It's not they don't know the rule, they know that this is wrong, but they still they want to show off. I've seen more accidents, I've traveled and driven all over the world. <laughs> I've driven in India, I've driven in China, I've driven in Milan, I've driven cars all over the world, in New Zealand, Australia, I've driven everywhere. Uh -huh. I've never seen so many car accidents like in Armenia. The top one for me is Iran. After Iran comes Armenia. The smoking. It's really awful that the country is letting the people keep smoking like they do. They, they, they keep, they let them smoke in restaurants. In hospitals, I've seen people smoking in hospitals. We don't go as much because we hate to, to go to restaurants and where everybody people smokes. people are proud You can go with kids. It's, uh, it's like what people think. Are proud of their freedom to smoke a cigarette and get a cancer. It's like this is the 21st century. Smoking is not cool anymore, you know? And it's not cool. That's, it's that's so 70s, you know? It's, it harms your health. It harms the country's budget because you have to spend so much money on... on, on. If the packet of cigarettes cost uh, 50 cents instead of costing $6 or $5, I don't know how much now is in Italy, six, six euro to buy one packet of cigarettes, and they use the money to finance because it's all tax. No, they talk, maybe the government is making five dollars point five for each packet of cigarettes. Everything is going to finance uh, healthcare. They should do the same here. Dej, Sashunchnesh, welcome to Hayastan Sharka. Zaset Kushanenesh, Lavkatsek. Ti volevo dedicare Ta 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 Cora su un vez milioni di tu mi YouTube Ti 